sorry, I was just smelling the most delicious smelling flowers I have ever smelt. I've been sent them by this very lovely and clever man called Freddy to celebrate my third series on everything under the sun. In fact, he has a company called Freddy's Flowers. They deliver boxes a bit like this one every week with seasonal fresh flowers. This year I treated myself and my grandma to a weekly box of Freddy's Flowers, which has been such a brilliant thing to put us in a good mood in the morning to find them on the doorstep. And I also love that they text you when a delivery has been made elsewhere, so I know exactly when the flowers have gone into my grandmother's arms over in Norfolk, which I love. And it's not just beautifully curated flowers that Freddie sends. Each box comes with fantastic information about each flower in the selection, as well as a guide to how to style them, so you can arrange them like a proper florist. It's really satisfying. They also arrive in bud straight from the growers, so the flowers last for ages. You can watch them bloom and they'll keep you happy every day of the week. You can, of course, have total flexibility about when you get a delivery. You can skip a week easily or cancel, so just give yourself a floral treat and try out Freddy's Flowers. If you'd like to try a box of sunshine, you can use the code under the sun. That will give you Everything Under the Sun listeners your first two boxes of flowers for 50% off, which is brilliant. What I love is Freddie started from a tent in his parents' back garden and started making deliveries around his neighbourhood in a bright yellow milk float. A perfect match to Everything Under the Sun, a yellow milk float filled with sunshine and flowers. So why not treat yourself to two boxes for 50% off and see if you like them? I'm sure that you will. I really do. They're brilliant. Just use the code under the sun today for 50% off or two boxes. Enjoy the flowers. The website is freddysflowers.com and the code is under the sun. Bye. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the third series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. How have you all been? I've missed you so much. I hope you've all had a lovely summer holiday or winter holiday if you're on the other side of the Earth to where I am in England. Thank you so much for sending me your wonderful questions, which I have loved listening to. I'm really, really excited to get answering them. Welcome to Any New Listeners Too. I'm so happy you're here and thank you for being part of the Everything Under the Sun world. And thank you to any mums or dads or grandparents or teachers who very kindly put this on for you. Now, I have some big news. It's very exciting indeed. There's a big, beautiful book of everything under the sun filled with all of your questions out today. It is so exciting. It's the most beautiful book and it's filled with all of your amazing questions. 366 of them to be exact. That's a question and answer for every day of the year, plus one for a leap year. If you want to see photos of it, just Google Everything Under the Sun book by Molly Oldfield and you'll see you can get it from Amazon or any good bookshop. 
I've also got an Instagram at Molly Oldfield Writes, where you can see what I've been up to bookwise. Each of the 366 questions in the book is answered either by me or by a brilliant expert. Send me pictures of you with it when you get one to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Now, on with the show. Now, we're starting off this week with a wonderful question about Greek and Roman gods and Apollo from Jack. And we have someone wonderful named Stephen Fry, who you'll all know as the narrator of Harry Potter and Paddington, and your parents will know for sure for all the brilliant things he's done, including QI, Blackadder, written piles and piles of books, made fascinating documentaries, and generally being the world's cleverest person. Now, over to Jack for our first question. Hi, Molly. My name's Jack, and I'm eight years old. I love Greek mythology and my sister. My question is, why do all Greek and Roman gods have different names except Apollo? Well, Jack, thank you so much for your excellent question. I'm not an expert on Greek and Roman mythology, but I know a man who is. His name is Stephen Fry. I had the pleasure of watching him record his audiobook for a book all about Greek gods with a live orchestra at Abbey Road Studios in London. I also wrote questions for all 12 series of the TV show QI that Stephen Fry used to host. So I thought he would be the perfect person to answer your question. Over to Stephen. Jack, hello, this is Stephen. You have asked a brilliant question to which I, I'm afraid I don't know the answer. Why indeed did the Romans change every god except Apollo in name? Well, they also changed them in character to some extent because the Romans were much more of a military state. They had less interest, it seems, than the Greeks in the mixture of personalities and the very human nature of the gods that the Greeks gave us. Maybe it's just that Apollo was the one they felt less need to change. I'm not sure. There wasn't a huge worship of Apollo by the Romans, but the fact is, it's a wonderful question, Jack, and I so appreciate your asking it. And as you will discover, despite the fact that we're tall and we have deep voices... Grown-ups don't know everything at all. And I hope one day you may be able to find out the answer for me. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's totally true. Grown-ups really don't know the answers to everything. Even Stephen Fry doesn't know all the answers, and he knows practically everything. I hope that helps, Jack, and I do hope you become a great expert on mythology one day and find out the answer. Make sure to tell Stephen Fry and I if you do. Next up, we have a competition for two lucky listeners to win signed copies of Everything Under the Sun, a year of curious questions. All you have to do is think about the gods and their superpowers and tell me if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Would it be invisibility? Would it be strength power? How about knowing what everyone's thinking power? 
or understanding animals' power. Just ask a grown-up to borrow their phone, record yourself saying your name, your age, and tell me the superpower you would love to have. You can do it as a video or a voice recording and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I can't wait to hear the superpowers you'd love and pick two winners of a signed book of Everything Under the Sun next week. Do get all your friends to enter too. Now, as you know, the gods all take care of different parts of life in Greek and Roman mythology. Apollo was the god of lots of fun things, including archery, music, dance, truth, healing, poetry, light, and the sun. So our next two questions are going to be about things Apollo is involved with. One's about writing poetry and the other is about the sun. They feel like fitting questions for an episode celebrating the return of everything under the sun and the arrival of everything under the sun, the book, in bookshops and libraries all over the world. Let's begin with writing. Have a little think. Where in the world can you go to read books and poetry and have a little time out whenever you feel like it? Can you think? It begins with L. We're talking about libraries and our first question comes from Penelope. Over to Penelope. Hello, my name is Penelope. I'm six um, and I love reading books. Molly, can you tell me what's the first library in the world? Hi Penelope, thank you for sending in such a wonderful question. Do you like libraries? I totally love them. I studied at Oxford University and I spent a lot of time in libraries soaking up the silence and reading books. My favourite library in Oxford is called the Radcliffe Camera and it's round. Have a Google and see how beautiful it is. When I was little I used to love to go to the library and choose books to borrow. And I think it's so incredible we have these wonderful places we can go to read books for free. See if you can go to your local one or your school one, if you have one, and choose a book. If you don't know where to start, ask the librarian that works there, and he or she should be able to help you find a book you love. But how did all these wonderful libraries start? That's what Penelope would like to know. Well, one of the first libraries in the world was created in the same place as writing was invented. Way long ago in ancient Iraq, there was a man called King Ashurbanipal who was once the most powerful man in the world. He ruled the city of Nineveh from 668 to 627 BCE. He loved stories and writing and luckily lived at the same time as writing was invented. We talked in an earlier episode of Everything Under the Sun with Irving Finkel, curator of ancient writing at the British Museum in London. And he answered a question, which was, who invented writing and what did they write about? So scroll back and have a listen to that one to find out all about the creation of writing. As a quick recap, Irving told us that writing was invented in ancient Iraq about 5,000 years ago. Sometime a bit more than 5,000 years ago, people thought it would be great to write things down in a permanent way so that someone else could look at the marks and get the words and hear them in their mind. So they invented a kind of picture writing, which turned into what we call cuneiform writing, about 2,800 BC. And when that was ready, there were people who could write down 
anything in the world. Now, King Ashurbanipal, who was king of Nineveh in ancient Iraq, loved this writing, and he decided to create a library. It contained 30,000 clay tablets covered in this writing. To create the library, he sent people out all over the known world in search of stories, and he had scribes in a room, all writing out every story in perfect writing onto clay tablets that then went on shelves in his library. So this first library in the world wasn't full of books like today. It was a collection of poetry, stories, writing, and all kinds of things, even just boring admin about running a kingdom. But the interesting thing is, it was all written on clay tablets, rather than paper like we use today. They were stored on shelves, just like a library, made out of clay tablets rather than books. Nowadays, this ancient library is in the British Museum. The story of how the clay tablets got there is a very interesting one. At the end of Ashurbanipal's reign, his library was smashed to pieces by his enemies and set on fire. Over thousands of years, this actually helped the library because the clay was baked into terracotta in the fire, like when you put clay into a kiln to make a pot. This meant that the clay tablets survived for a long time in the earth, and they were dug up thousands of years later by archaeologists who were looking for things in the earth. All the clay tablets were brought back to the British Museum in pieces, and specialists like Irving Finkel have been working for a long time to piece all these pieces of clay tablet back together in a giant cosmic jigsaw. If you learn cuneiform, you could be the one to help piece together ancient spells and stories from the first library in the world. One clay tablet the British Museum looks after is a little letter. People sent clay tablets in the post in special clay envelopes. This letter said, I wrote to you a long time ago, but you still haven't replied. So the problems we have now were the same as back then, 5,000 years ago, when people were creating a system of writing, as well as the idea of libraries, which we still love using today. I hope that answers your question, Penelope, and thank you for sending it in. And now for our final question, which is about something else Apollo is good of. It's about the sun. Something we, of course, love here at Everything Under the Sun and which gives life to all the plants and creatures on our planet, including us humans. The question comes from Charlotte. Over to Charlotte. Hi, Molly. It's Charlotte. I live in Cambridge. I like swimming, reading and writing. My question is, why does my hair get lighter in the sun? Hi Charlotte, thanks for your lovely question. I hope you had a great summer reading and writing and swimming. Is your hair a lot lighter than it was when school broke up for the summer? If it is, you've probably been in the sun a lot. When the sun shines on your body, it tans your skin by creating lots of something called melanin, which you spell M-E-L-A-N-I-N. This stuff is found naturally in your body. It's a pigment. The more melanin you have in your body, the darker your skin will be. You also have melanin in your hair. When the sun shines on your hair, it bleaches the melanin in your hair 
and makes it lighter. If you swim a lot in the sea or a swimming pool when it's sunny, your hair will turn lighter too because chlorine in the pool and salt in the sea cause changes in the keratin, which is the building block of your hair. It's the same thing you find in rhino horns. If you don't want your hair to go lighter, wear a hat in the sun and rinse your hair out when you get out of the water after swimming. But I'm sure it looks beautiful, so you don't really need to bother. I hope that answers your question, Charlotte, and thank you for sending it in. Do check out the answer to your question, which I've just told you, in the book as well, as it's in there waiting for you to see it. Beautifully illustrated with fun drawings. Send me a picture of you with your question. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Stephen Fry for talking to us about Apollo and reminding us that grown-ups don't know everything, even ones with enormous brains like Stephen Fry. A big thank you to Jack, Penelope and Charlotte for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Remember to send me what superpower you would love to have for a chance to win a copy of Everything Under the Sun, the book. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, just borrow a grown-up's phone and ask them to help you record you saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question and send it in to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Hopefully, if you've sent in the question and I haven't answered it yet, you might find it in the book. Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year is waiting for you to pick it up now. Also, do have a look at Instagram at Everything Under the Sun Pod and at Molly Oldfield Writes and Twitter and Facebook. And of course, tell your friends to listen. Wishing you all a lovely week. I hope you had fun learning about Apollo, libraries, and how sunshine lightens your hair. Have a really fun week and send me your questions, your photos, and your superpower for a chance to win everything under the sun, the book. Thank you and goodbye.